Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Today's poem is by an American poet named Hilda Doolittle. She published under a pen name, H.D. She just used those, those two initials, those two letters. She lived from September 10th, 1886 to September 27th, 1961. So given that she was, she was both uh, born and, and died in September, it's the right month to, to read a poem by her. The poem that I'm going to read today is called Helen, and it goes like this. All Greece hates the still eyes in the white face, the luster as of olives where she stands, and the white hands. All Greece reviles the wan face when she smiles, hating it deeper still when it grows wan and white, remembering past enchantments and past ills. Greece sees unmoved God's daughter, born of love, the beauty of cool feet and slenderest knees, could love indeed the maid, only if she were laid white ash amid funereal cypresses. A great deal of Hilda Doolittle's poetry focuses on concepts from ancient Greek literature, as of course this poem does, uh, as well as Greek mythology. And she was well-educated, well-read, and she was also, at the same time, a poet who was championed by modernist poets like Ezra Pound. So she is an interesting collision of classical literature, classical themes, classical ideas, with modern sentiments, modernist temp- uh, forms, uh, or lack thereof sometimes, modernist uh, um, concepts and approaches to poetry. So in that way, she's quite fascinating uh, because she takes seriously these these ancient forms, these ancient characters, these ancient themes, these ancient ideas, but then she, of course, is presenting them in, in a modernist wrapping, if you will. Here in this poem, we have three stanzas. The first stanza is five lines, the second stanza is six lines, and the third stanza is seven lines. And that, combined with her uh, varied and quite interesting rhyme schemes, uh, creates a creates an increasing tension as the poem goes along, so it it seems to the stakes seem to be rising as he, as a line is added. the The rhyme schemes evolve and change as each new line is added. Until by the end, of course, we have Helen, the most beautiful woman in the world, the woman who who supposedly is the reason that the Trojan War started, is is laid to rest, uh, white ash amid funereal cypresses. And so, you know, through these, these, formal, uh, these formal creative choices, she's able to increase the tension of the poem until in the end, this poor woman is, is dead, or at least the only way that she will be loved by the Greeks is when she is a pile of ash. At first, once upon a time, the Greek people were in awe of, of this woman, as, of course, was Paris, and to some extent, as the gods were in the, in the, in the ancient story. Um, it's a good, good time to, to revisit the Iliad, I suppose, and some of the other Greek myths surrounding the story of Helen of Troy. But at the beginning of this poem, the first stanza is about how all of Greece hates the still eyes. And, and even the, the way the first, three line, the first line of each of the three stanzas um, 
relates to one another, the way they interact with one another shows the increase of the tension. So the first line of the first stanza, all Greece hates. And then we get a list of things they hate about her, her white hands and so forth, the still eyes and the white face. But then the first line of the second stanza, all Greece reviles. So at first it says it hates, but then reviles. That's an even stronger word than hates. So just as there's another line being added, the, uh, the, the, the second stanza is about an increase, like an even more extreme form of hatred. They, they revile her face when she smiles and, and when it goes deep into its memory and, and her face grows wan and white, they hate it even deeper still at that, at that point. And it's interesting that they hate her even more when it seems like she's going deeper into her own inner life. I mean, I just find that, you know, her memories, you know, there's possibly there's guilt involved. There's all the dreams that she had, those sorts of things. When she goes into that part of herself, they revile her even more. And then the first line of that last stanza, Greece sees unmoved. First they hate her, then they revile her, and then they are unmoved, and they could only love her if she were dead. There's been a fair amount of literature over the years that tries to get at what the experience of the Trojan War must have been like for Helen. Um, and I think this poem is one of those examples that is, is worth contemplating and gets and allows us to, you know, to put ourselves in, in her shoes, to think a little deeper about, about her experience. I'm not one of those people who thinks that that's, that's, um, not in the Iliad at all. I think it's there. Um, and uh, I think this is an interesting companion piece to go along with that. If you're, if you're ever interested in thinking about that part of the Iliad. And of course, treatments of, of contemplations of the Greek myths like this are what made Hilda Doolittle um, memorable in her time and, and uh, are why much of her work is still remembered today. So one more time, here is Helen by H.D. All Greece hates the still eyes and the white face, the luster as of olives where she stands and the white hands. All Greece reviles the wan face when she smiles, hating it deeper still when it grows wan and white, remembering past enchantments and past ills. Greece sees unmoved God's daughter, born of love, the beauty of cool feet and slenderest knees, could love indeed the maid only if she were laid white ash, amid funereal cypresses. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.